Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Grace. Uh, You might remember Grace from the episode number 69, a.k.a. Nice. Grace was one of the four ladies that joined us to talk about their ever-dying love of Lady Maria and shipping Souls characters in general. This week, we get into her Souls history specifically, and it's a great episode. Grace is one of those people with an extreme enthusiasm for the Soul series, and you can hear it in her voice as she's talking about it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for supporting the show and listening. It's very, very much appreciated. If you have a few minutes, an iTunes review can go a long way to helping me out to support the show. But more importantly, enjoy this episode. To answer your question, we just kind of jump into it. Uh, it's, it's gonna be like the the other show like at the end i'll ask you know where can you be found on the internet and all that jazz uh yeah if, if there's anything specific you don't want to talk about like any of the games like if you haven't played i don't know demon souls and you don't want me to say like oh yeah at the end of demon souls solaire is there uh let me yeah. let, let me know ahead of time and i'll you know i'll kind of avoid that but otherwise it's just it's just a conversation like we're just kind of bullshit about dark souls for an hour and then i'll call it all right awesome that's my shit uh <laughs> i have not actually played demon souls i got about 20 minutes into it where i was like no i'm just not really having fun so really what do you think it was what do you think it was about demon souls like because i know you've played dark souls and bloodborne so like what do you think it was about oh yeah i played every single other game except demon souls like to completion Um, what it was about demon souls for me i guess it was just a raw format that was their first go at that whole style and it was definitely lackluster in that sense but i mean it was an amazing game in terms of lore and environment as they tend to do they're amazing at that Mm -hmm. but in terms of gameplay I guess, I mean, maybe I'm just a scrub, but it felt too hard and not in the Dark Souls way of being hard. There was like purposely hard. It just felt like kind of sloppy, like um, the monsters didn't give enough souls. And sometimes you really had to farm to level up more. And the areas were not quite well as designed as the other areas in the sense mm-hmm. that, like, you know, in Bloodborne and Yarnum, when you first enter the lamp, you eventually have to open the shortcut to come back. And yes, it's kind of tricky to find. You have to explore in like at least what i noticed in demon souls it was just a big area there was no shortcuts or there weren't as many it was just huge and so if you died it wasn't like oh darn it i fucked up it was more oh darn it this sucks this place is too big (laughs) like i don't know again i'm not making a huge statement or anything this is just my stance on it no no of course not yeah um it's it's demon souls is a weird thing because uh it's way more punishing than even like the modern games are um yeah that's that's what i was looking for it's too punishing yeah like more than a dark souls game should be the half health stuff right off the bat is is a serious bummer, you know, even though like once you get into it, you realize like, oh yeah, the game is balanced around you having this and they give you the ring right at the beginning to give you three quarters health. But like, it's just so, yeah. it's so dejecting. Like my first time playing Demon Souls, I literally played it for 45 minutes and I was like, sent it back to Gamefly and never, and I was like, this is bullshit. I'm never going to play exactly. this again. <laughs> yeah, same like, here. Key like 160 hours of Dark Souls one later and I was like, well, guess, I guess I'll go back. It's fine. I'll go back and check it out. <clears throat> yeah. It's gonna take me a few attempts. I know eventually I want to try and beat it just as like um like as a personal achievement because I'm so avid about the Souls games. I'm just like I want to beat all of them. <laughs> but even if it kills me, which one was but, your first Souls game? Which where did you start with? Dark Souls one. Okay. Because um, I was telling my friends, God, this was a few years ago. No, no, more than a few years ago. Um, like I got it for the PS3, and um, because it was my birthday. And my friends are like, so we want to ruin your life and just give you a really, really hard game. Because I'm course. a filthy casual in every other sense. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, bring it on. And so they gave me Dark Souls. I didn't know anything about it. I literally never even heard of it. And so when they gave it to me, I didn't know it was like a stereotype for being hard. I was like, oh, well, this seems cool. I like knights and stuff. And they're just like, ha, 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 ha. Like, <laughs> oh, she doesn't know what she's getting into. And I didn't. Um, I think I told the story on the other uh, podcast. But I got in, and I was I was struggling with the controls a little bit. It's definitely a unique style of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was pretty easy, and then I get to the Abyss of Demon part, and I just scream. Like, as he drops down, I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do? And all they were doing was shouting, like, welcome to Dark Souls! <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! And obviously I died, because I didn't know you have to go through the door to the left. Yeah, but yeah. I died, and it was just like a moment of silence, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Awesome, I'm gonna keep playing this. <laughs> like, 
something about that, even though it's obviously meant to like fuck you over. Uh-huh. I loved it. I was like, this is a challenge. I want to go back in and I want to figure out what do I do? Because obviously you're not meant to fight him. You have a broken weapon. Mm-hmm. So there's something else. Like the way that Dark Souls sets it up, every single thing that fucks you over, it's not necessarily in a sense that, haha, you suck. We like to push you to the ground. It's there's something else you have to do. Can you figure it out? And that's what I really like about the games. It is a challenge in that aspect. Like if you're like when you're fighting um this is Dark Souls 3, Yorm the Giant. Yeah. And you're trying to attack him normally. You're not doing any fucking damage. They don't expect you to fight him for like 40 minutes. There's something else. And like, they don't say it outright. It's just by playing all the games, you get that sixth sense of like, okay, there's something else around here. What am I missing? You know? And that's one of them. Um, that, that's something that Dark Souls 3 does that infuriates me sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. The, the Yorm the Giant fight is fine. Like, they, they, there's a pretty clear, like, oh, there's an item way over there. Like, and you pick mm-hmm. it up. And if you had played Demon Souls, you immediately recognize that sword. You're like, oh, shit, I know exactly what I didn't need to do now. Um, oh, that's cool. I didn't know it was in Demon's Sword. Demon oh, yeah, sword. yeah. Like, <laughs> that, the sword being in Dark Souls 3, like, it, it doesn't diminish Demon Souls at all in my eyes. But, like, it's like, what? What? What is this? Because it's such a fucking cool set piece in, in Demon Souls. Like, when you get that thing and you're i don't want to spoil it for you like but yeah, yeah like it, it's it's pretty crazy um but like the th- awesome okay never in, mind. The, in the dlc there's a there's a dragon fight and um like i went in there and i'd like hit the dragon a couple of times and i was doing like chip damage like absolutely no damage on this thing so immediately thought like oh, okay i've got to be doing something wrong just like you're saying with yorm and nope uh-huh. you just have to get good and kill that thing doing no damage so Wait, seriously? There's no alternative? No, no, not at all. Oh my god, that's horseshit! (laughs) It was really miserable. Um, Yeah, it's... That that kind of stuff, the way that Dark Souls teaches you, and that's why I think it's... The, the all the stuff about the difficulty is so overblown. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to die a lot, but pretty much every time you die, it's going to be because it's something dumb that you did, or it was the game teaching you something. Like mm-hmm. the first time that you see the Black Knight, and you're like, oh, I can totally sneak up and backstab him, and he just turns <laughs> no. around and kills you. You're like, okay, well, that was me being fucking stupid. Like that was <laughs> that, that was on me. <laughs> God, I still love it. Uh, like in the Dark Souls one, even especially, I know the exact one you're talking about in the beginning area. He's just standing there looking down into the void. And then you're just like trying to sneak up on him, and it's like an immediate one age. It's like, Dum! and you're like, oh shit! <laughs> it's so funny. There's no animation for it. He's just like, you said what, bitch? <laughs> it immediately fucks you up. God, I love Dark Souls one. It's really, really good, right? Like, I mean, it's it's easily probably my favorite Souls game. I hate to I hate to get all like listicle or anything, but like just no, dude, looking at the games, and I think it's just because thing. a big part of it is my first Souls game. Like, it was the one that I really, really bonded with. So I spent thousands of hours in that game doing stuff and it's man yeah. it's just but everything about it is it just feels so much like the true dark souls trilogy is demons dark and bloodborne in my mind like it's not dark one two and three because two and three i can kind of take or leave but like yeah. demons dark and bloodborne are, are, is my shit like i love them so much mm-hmm. it's funny actually the way i view dark souls 2 is kind of like you know a movie comes out and people are in so much denial about it they're like oh they made a sequel i don't know wow huh like it totally <laughs> exists but you deny it that's me with dark souls 2 yeah nobody but nobody nobody wants to acknowledge the matrix 2 and 3 right like there's a good yeah, basically it's exactly like exist. that you're like oh it's a bummer they didn't make another movie they did no they didn't <laughs> i that's saw exactly um, i saw 2. someone today and uh I think it might have been a former guest of the show, and I, I can't quite remember who it was on Twitter, but someone said um, that they view Dark Souls 2 and 3 as fanfic. So it's, yeah. just, it's easy for them to uh, forgive it for all of its all of their shortcomings because it's just fanfic. Like, it, it's not the true thing. So, mm-hmm. Which I thought was a really interesting way to approach those games if you don't particularly That's a good enjoy them. Yeah. Like, if anything, with Dark Souls 2, I actually think the lore was pretty okay. It felt pretty recycled. But then again, uh, the Soulsborne series is kind of kind of what that is. It's all the same thing. Even with Bloodborne, it's the Hunter's Dream, blah, 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 which kind of links back to the Curse of the Undead. So it's mm-hmm. all a similar thing. But in Dark Souls 2, I don't know. I don't feel like they set you on your path as much. Like, it was literally like, oh, you have to go kill these four guys. And then you recycle um, the lady's dialogue. Like, 50 times for her to burn everything, which is exhausting, by the way. Like, don't get me wrong. I love little tidbits of lore through dialogue, but don't give me a fucking novel. Like, every (laughs) single character was just, like, at least six times of just going through the dialogue until they finally repeat it. Like, I don't remember any instance of that in Dark Souls 1, and I liked it that way. I want to get back to my adventure. 
but I also want a little tidbit of like, oh, here's what this area is. So like, keep me going. And I guess, sorry, you know, you know this. I dawdle a lot. I will go on and on and on. So you're good. You're good. I'm going too far. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't, uh, don't worry about it at all. Um, but you're you're <laughs> right that like if you talk to the crestfallen night enough times, he'll tell you like, oh yeah, there's a castle over here, and there's a forest over there, and there's a thing over mm-hmm. there. And, like you need to go do all that stuff. But like your actual motivation for doing so is even less clear than it was in Dark Souls 1. And that's not, like, that. it's that yeah. game, right? Like, the whole game is about you basically losing your memory and everyone around you losing their memory. So, like, that makes sense within the conf- within the confines of the story. So. Yeah. But, man, like, like that, yeah. When you, when you get out of Dark Souls 1 and you're, like, when you get into, you know, Firelink Shrine and you realize, like, oh, that Oscar guy, like, lied to me. Like, there's actually two bells. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and every- exactly. And everything still sucks over here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that as a motivation for your character more than, um, oh, you, you've forgotten everything. Go wander around and kill the king for no reason yeah it's more interesting exactly in dark souls one god i will babble about this game forever it is a masterpiece in my eyes i acknowledge its flaws but i love it and um again i played all of them so i'm not even biased i just really love it um one of the things i really liked about it again in terms of the story it sets up you're in the uh you're in the place you find oscar he gives you a vague idea of what's happening and if you watch the opening cutscene, you already have an idea of your sense. In Dark Souls 2, it's just like, oh, you lost everything. You don't know why. That's just the curse. You're alone. You don't know anything. In Dark Souls 1, Here's a picture telling... of a wife and a baby for no reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, bitch, I'm gay. That's not going to be me. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, in Dark Souls 1, even in the very beginning, it gives you an identity of this is your fate. You're one of the undead thrown into the cells because the king is paranoid because like the curse of the undead is going to overthrow him. So anyone who gets the curse, he throws into a jail cell to rot forever until the end of time. And that's you. And then it just zooms in on your ugly-ass bacon skin character. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is me. And uh, once you escape, then you meet Oscar, and he kind of tells you about there's a way out of this. You're not going to rot here forever. And that's why he throws down the soul for you, because he believes that you can be the one, you can be the chosen undead. And you're like, okay, so there's a way out of here. I'm not going to rot here forever. That's cool. You escape the asylum. You go to Firelink Shrine. You meet the depressed dude, and he tells you a little tidbit, just enough to get you on your way, of um, two bells. One up the top, one down below. Bring where them, where an evil happens. goat demon is, which I remember hearing for the first time and going, a goat demon? <laughs> what the yeah, hell is that? that? He can't be that bad. Oh, he's that He's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> demon. Um, but yeah, it's like, and then he says, something happens. Amazing, isn't it? And you're like, uh, and he goes, go on, go, go. And you're like, that's it? That's it? Like, you're totally lost. And so then you have to decide, okay, am I going to go up or down? Because that's where the, the stuff is. If you try to go down first, God bless your soul. You figure out pretty fast that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> everything kicks your shit in. And um, so you're like, okay, maybe I'll try top. And that's it. Everything's your level, quote unquote. Everything's kind of easier to kill. And I don't know. And then you ring both the bells. So obviously you're like, oh, I want to go back to the depressed guy and see what happens. And then you just progress with everything. And so because when you go back to tell him, you're like, hey, guess what? I rung the bells he told me about. You look to the right and you're like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. They set up Exactly, my boy. They set it up so perfectly of like, there's no little pop-up in the top left corner saying, congratulations, go back to Firelink Shrine. Like, it's just your gut instinct of raw adventure of like, this is what I want to do now. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was so masterfully laid out. Dark Souls 2, I felt lost. Every single step of the way, I felt lost. Even with the bonfire teleportations. If, if anything, that's another thing. Do you mind if I keep babbling on a little bit about that? Of course not. No, that's, the whole right. podcast is for you to babble on, so go right ahead. That's true. Awesome. Um, well, I, I know they did this at every single other game. I personally don't like the bonfire teleportations. And maybe this is just me being a little snooty, but I felt like it broke my immersion into the world. In Dark Souls 1, yes, you do get teleportation, but way later into the game. And that's for convenience sake, because at this point you've discovered so much. Whereas in Dark Souls 1, once you're like, 
you're just in the world. You're trying to go up to find the bell. You're just figuring things out. And there's so many shortcuts to lead you back to Firelink Shrine. And there's shortcuts that you open up to go down into the depths, into the sewer areas. Mm -hmm. Like everything is connected. It's this giant world. There's no loading screens to break you because all of your leveling up and all your interfacing is done at bonfires. So your whole goal is unlocking shortcuts, finding more bonfires. Just, you're making this world your own. You're figuring everything out. And like, and those shortcuts feel so good. Like with, yeah, exactly. um, with Dark Souls two, like finding a shortcut just doesn't feel great because you're, you're just going to warp to the bonfire right after it. Whereas in Dark Souls one, mm -hmm. like when you find that shortcut from the lower Berg to the upper Berg and you unlock uh, that door from the other side and you're like, Oh, there's a bond. Oh, it's my, it's my, it's my favorite bonfire that I set up for six hours. Cause I didn't know how to play the game. And I kept dying to the stupid <laughs> first ball the Taurus demon. Like it's, yeah, exactly. Those moments are so good. And I mean, like going back into Firelink shrine from the undead church, like that, riding that elevator and thinking like, Oh, this has to be a loading screen of, oh, shit, where am I? How did I get here? <laughs> like, You're like, I'm back home, man. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. And those moments so, when they take it away from you, too, like when you get up from Blighttown and you realize that the firekeeper is gone and your bonfire is out, like that's yeah. one of the most devastating moments in those games. And it has nothing to yeah. do with you dying or anything. Looks like that's your home, dude. Like, at the end... Your base is Firelink, even though it's not an official base like in the other games. It's just kind of like, it's where the, all and the NPCs go once you find them. And it, it was where you started. So you do kind of associate it as home. So when that fire is gone, you're like, oh, shit, man. It just sucks. <laughs> God, it was, oh, I just love Dark Souls 1 so much. The bonfire thing is, is, a, the is a real interesting, is a real interesting talking point because, like, Dark Souls 2 not having that, that, like, feeling of achievement like i'm gained an inch of ground in this godforsaken world like it really and it, mm -hmm. it loses something and but it's man when i play dark souls one now i'm like okay man, i really wish i had a bonfire so i didn't have to walk all the way fuck to, all the way to fucking andre to get some shards yeah but, exactly but, like and so i get it from a you know just a quality of life standpoint but man like that first experience playing that game is where you're literally just fighting for your life over the over this and you finally get to a good bonfire and you're like oh finally <laughs> thank god rather than like like yeah like you said it is a little tedious to make the hike back now because we know what it's like to have otherwise but like you said the first experience through it was probably the most magical experience and i don't use that word lightly it really was the fantasy world i loved i just loved being in that universe and again it never broke that there was no loading screens there was no like even seeing the tips of like oh this is what the item does like it reminds you oh it's an item and this is a video game like no it's just you in the game exploring trying to survive trying to figure out what the hell is going on and um my boyfriend actually gave me a very good perspective on this. Mm -hmm. Are we going to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, this was just a theory. I don't think it was confirmed. But in Dark Souls 1, do you remember once you finally get the Lord Vessel, you come back to Fremd and he like loses his shit. He's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> finally. <laughs> so that's definitely a big sign that you were not the first that rang both the bells, came to him, and he's like, all right, go get the Lord Vessel. Because... Everyone dies in Sen's Fortress. And if you somehow make it through Sen's Fortress, you find the, the depressed guy number two. He's like, oh, you'll never live in An Orlando. You're like, what's that? Oh, you find out pretty fast. And, um, <laughs> and then, so if they don't die in Sen's Fortress, they die in An Orlando, lore-wise and game-wise. So mm -hmm. that coincides pretty nicely. But um, once you make it back, you're the first one. You really are truly the first one to ever make it back because he's like crying with like joy. He's like, finally, after a thousand years or something like that. And that guy, um, a lot of people thinking, how, you know, all the hollows you see were people because by definition, that's how hollows are made. They come from the curse of the undead gone wrong, mm -hmm. where they just lose all hope and they, they hollow. And um, when you kill a hollow, you gain souls, you gain their power, so to speak. And um, I'm not wording this as well as he did, but the theory is the only way that you could be the chosen one is atop the failures of so many undead before you who were the quote unquote chosen undead. But they go and they try to fight these monsters, but their soul isn't strong enough because they couldn't harvest the souls of people before them. And I, I, that was such an interesting, depressing theory because I could totally believe that because that's the kind of sad shit that Dark Souls would do. 
of like the only reason you succeeded is because so many before you have failed. Does that make any sense to you? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's, that's kind of, they, they even mention that specifically when you meet Solaire of like, you know, how time is convoluted and that's like the justification for having, um, summon signs so that you can bring yeah. other chosen undead into your world. Like you're the chosen undead, but in this world, like chosen doesn't mean like a whole lot. <laughs> We've cho- yeah, basically exactly. chosen everybody. <laughs> and, but yeah, mm-hmm. I love it that Frampt freaks out, um, when you bring him to the Lord Vessel. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm such a PVP guy that I hardly ever get to talk to Frampt because all I want to do is go talk to Kath after I beat the four. Oh games. my God. Um, <laughs> I never even talked to him. I don't even remember who said this. I was joking around on Twitter with somebody not long ago, and they, um, do you know those dumb, uh, like things that you can hang on a wall? It's like a fish, and when you walk by it, the fish like moves and like says something or whatever. Have you ever seen what? These? That's in Dark Souls? No, 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 not at all, not at all. But somebody... oh my god, I was like, what am I missing? <laughs> okay, it's some dumb redneck thing. I'm from the south, so like they're everywhere. But um. That I definitely do know. Okay, I was thinking Dark Souls. But yes, I know what you're talking about. Somebody was talking about um, making one and replacing the fish with um, a framped head. And so every time you walked by, it was like, you sorry fool, you cannot be the chosen undead. Oh my god, throws my money at you, take it. Holy crap! That's amazing. Yeah, I would love. I would love, and uh, I've seen like some statues and stuff of uh, you know those two. But like, there was one goofy one that was like four foot tall, and it was literally just his whole neck. Like that was it with the head at the very oh my top, God. <laughs> which would be amazing. Do you remember? <laughs> The first time you find, you know, he like ate you and you go down to the Lord Vessel area and you're like, oh, this is cool. And you turn around and it's just him hanging down <laughs> with his dumb with, like, ass ears. <laughs> the, the physics of them are still broken. Oh my God. That was the most amazing moment. I'm just like, I love this game. God, his weird clackety <laughs> so teeth absurd. noise when he eats, when you feed him stuff. It's just, it's just so horrifying and bad and hilarious to me. <sighs> what um oh god okay so like when, story huh? wouldn't it, go ahead just all i was gonna say it was once i was choking on my food and my friend was losing his shit laughing and i was dying I, and once i was finally okay i asked him why he was laughing he said you sounded like cramps Maybe next time he can, you know, like save you instead of just yeah, laughing. Yeah, you know, help me instead of lose your shit laughing. And then, and then tell me I'll sound like framped afterwards. Jeez. Yeah, I'm not dead. God. Do you, um, like, how long did it take you to get into the story of Dark Souls? Since it's, you know, that if you're playing it the first time and, you know, you don't have the background in Demon Souls like neither one of us did. Like, it took me, like, a long time to pick up on, like, what the fuck was going on in the story. And, and to be honest, like, it took me going to YouTube and finding the ENBs and the Vadis and the, you know, all those mm-hmm. people. Oh, Vadi Vidya. Yeah. Love him. It, like, it was... Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, did, you, did it take you a while to pick, on that, pick up on that? It was immediate. Like, the fact that I couldn't wiki everything was killing me because I knew I didn't want any spoilers. I really wanted to go into it blind and complete it blind. That's what I do with every single Dark Souls game or Bloodborne game. Of uh, Unless I'm really, really, truly 100% stuck, I will not look up any help. Not for the bosses, not for the area. And again, I'm not... If you do, I'm not anything less this is just my standard i hold to myself mm-hmm. because i really want the blind experience that's what it's what i love i love figuring all this shit out on my own if i can and uh with dark souls one i just fell in love with it so fast i wanted to know what was going on because i only had the vaguest sense of like i had a purpose and according to fram my purpose is very special now because i'm the only one to have come back but what what do you mean linking the flame what does that entail what is the flame you know like it sprung up so many questions as I continued and I actually wrote them down so that <laughs> the moment I beat the game, I would look them up and I would just satisfy all of that curiosity. And I still remember when I finally did beat the game and I killed Gwen, which by the way, was the worst experience of my life because I didn't know how to parry. <laughs> I, I have heard many people say that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, if you can't parry, it is a nightmare. But uh, outside that, I was actually really disappointed in the ending but that's because i didn't know the style of the souls games and i didn't know the story that it implied to someone who doesn't know shit about what's going on all that happens is it fades to to black and you're like what the fuck happened now i know what happened and now i'm very satisfied with that ending but at the time i was pissed like (laughs) capital letters i was like i went through all of that for nothing no no i I always link the flame my first time through. I'm a goody goody two shoes. I want to restart the world. 
But, um, oh yeah, what do you do every time you play the game for the first time? I always, uh, I, I, I try not to look up anything. Um, Ugh. like, I, I went to Dark Souls 1 a little bit late, so, uh, like, there was already, like, a bunch of wiki stuff out there. Um, oh, man. But, uh, like, Dark Souls 2, I went in pretty much completely blind. Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, pretty much completely blind. Like, I, yeah. I chat with friends because being in the souls community for so long now, like, like I have friends that we, we just, that's all we talk about, especially around, you know, the time of release. Uh, yes. Like I have awesome. an audio recording of me and one of my friends who were on party chat playing dark souls three. When I got the, the weird patches thing in the catacomb, not the catacombs, the, uh, um, uh, Oh, wherever you fight the church people at the deacons. Anyway. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. No, I don't remember it. Cathedral, Cathedral of, of the Blue deep or something of the deep. Yeah. There we go. Of the deep. Um, too. but yeah like i said so like that's about my limit on it like i'll have conversation like really really oblique conversations with friends right like i remember mm-hmm. talking to one guy and him saying like hey i just had something super weird happen in bloodborne and now i'm in an entirely different place and i was like what are you talking about he's like have you seen these enemies and i was like oh yeah like the dudes with the giant sacks like they're not that big of a deal yeah. he's like has one killed you and i was like no why and he's like oh. okay <laughs> well i'm just saying like they kidnap you. And I was like, what do you mean? They, it's just fucking dark souls. Like, what are you talking about kidnapping for? <laughs> yeah, no, they do. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. Um, but so yeah, stuff like that, but I try not to stay away from the Wikipedia. Uh, I try to stay away from the Wikipedia uh-huh. to, to so, cause yeah, like, like my friend Gary is friend is fond of saying like, you only have one chance to play these things fresh. Like you're not exactly. ever going to go through them for the first time again. So why would you go through it and, and spoil yourself? And Hey, if, if you're that person and I've had people on the show before, like I had a guy a few episodes ago tell me that, he plays Dark Souls with the wiki wide open and like as much information as he can get ahead of time as, that he can hey, possibly you, get. Man, if that's what works. Yeah, sure. Like if that's you, like that's just not me. Like this is yeah. kind of as, as, as like weird and trite as it sounds. Like it's, it's kind of an experience. Like this is what oh, I, it is. this is the thing that I like with video games. Like I haven't, I haven't looked up any spoilers for near yet. Like I, I, cause I want to see what the crazy oh, shit that they're going to do. So you're going to have so much fun, dude. Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I've been so busy. I haven't been far in that game and all of my friends are like I just got ending in and I'm like god damn it I gotta get some time to play this game <laughs> you just rub it in why don't you god so when, I was um, about to say something with Dark Souls 1 oh you go on what was uh, what, 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 so did you go from Dark 1 to Dark 2 like um, you, you kind of you said you bought it for PS3 so I'm assuming you kind of came into the game late but was did you kind of follow yes. the release of Dark Souls 2 or had it already been released no I went from Dark Souls to Bloodborne to Dark Souls 2, which, by the way, I never even got halfway through because I hated it with such a burning passion. <laughs> okay, that's um, fine. Only now am I going through it again to completion. I'm almost done with it, and I've hated every minute. But, again, it's the whole, I want to complete every Dark Souls game, like, through and through, all DLC, all areas, just because I, I want to absorb every bit of this universe that I can, because it's, to this day, my favorite universe i've played a lot of video games mm-hmm. but it's just the most immersive amazing experience minus dark souls 2 um, <laughs> minus dark but yeah, souls and then, 2 so i tried dark souls 2 didn't get very far i got maybe halfway through before i was like this fucking sucks and then i just went to dark <laughs> souls 3 once it released and oh god me and steph had a hype fest about it she was with me pretty much the entire time of um I, my computer's not good enough to stream, so I would literally set up my webcam on, like, a block of books oh, oh, and no. face the screen, <laughs> and she would watch me play like that, and we would just go into a blind, and it was so fun. That was the first game I was here for release, which is awesome, because nobody knew anything, even if I wanted to check the wiki. There's probably, like, a sentence there. So everyone was going in blind. That was a cool experience. Um, going back to Dark Souls 2, though, one quick little bitch thing about it. I fucking hate the fact that rolling is a skill that you have what to level the up fuck? yeah yeah what there's a skill to give you immunity frames that's horseshit that should <laughs> never be a thing it should all be at a blank level so that it dictates your skill not your literal level in it what the fuck okay i'm sorry it's uh Ooh, and it's also dictates how fast you can drink estes too which seems like a bonkers decision to me like there's so many weird mechanical things about that game that I like and hate at the same time. Like I really Ugh. want bonfire aesthetics in all of the Souls games. Like I th- we talked about That's that on true. the uh, on the 
on episode 69. <laughs> um, like we talked about that back then about, you know, being able to resurrect the, your favorite bosses over and over again. And like life gems are interesting. Like all that stuff is, is kind of cool and, and neat and like almost infinite respects basically. And, you know, having, you know, all these weird power stance weapons and having all this variety of weapons, like all of that disappeared after two came out, probably because of the, you know, general backlash to that game. Like it makes it sound like yeah. nobody likes it, even though now that we're post dark souls three, like the, the pendulum is swinging back and now everybody likes Dark Souls 2 again for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, like, like this, the agility frames are just like crazy <laughs> weird. I, yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan because it it just makes like every it just makes it so samey. Like everyone's leveling up the same kind of way. Um, as much mm. weapon variety as and that as Dark Souls 2 has, like it kind of feels like everybody ends up in a quality build so they can use the most weapons. And like I, I really liked Dark Souls 1 having like these weird unique builds that you can make that didn't make any sense. So yeah, exactly. Freaking luck builds, whatever faith builds, but also faith and dex builds. Like there was so much variety with it. Yeah, the I have, one compliment. Uh, I should send you a video of me and a buddy doing uh, like a quad bow run where we, we what we were in absolutely uh, we, do that. I want to see. We were in both in uh, full on dragon bro suits, and we like two crossbows, two bows, like a dragon slayer great bow. Like that was just it was oh my dumb, god, it was the dumbest oh, shit in the incredible. world. But yeah, it was. But it was you know that kind of stuff is fun. Like that's what makes Dark Souls fun. I think is doing all kinds of wacky bullshit like that. So mm-hmm. it was a very unique game. The one What's... compliment I will give to Dark Souls 2 is that they did have a lot of weapon variety, like you said. And um, Dark Souls 1, I do feel that it had a little lack of variety. Like, yeah, there were a lot of weapons. Were there weapons you could use? Fuck no. Like, there was... It was a very limited pool of things that would actually get you by easier, at least that I felt. Like, Dark Souls 2, anything flew. Anything. Mm-hmm. You could pretty much take anything you want. You could have a ladle, dude. <laughs> you could, you could go for a spoon up. run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do think that was cool. And I felt Dark Souls 3 shared the same thing of, like, there's not a lot. The boss weapons were cool in Dark Souls 3. But I was like, I don't know. It, it felt... I use this word a lot. I felt lackluster to me mm-hmm. in terms of um, the variety department of Dark Souls 3. The only interesting thing you could do, quote-unquote... Is uh, the luck build with Henri's sword, and then they nerf that. Even into then, the that's not yeah. super. Yeah, it's not super unique. Yeah, it's just, it's just a straight know. sword. Like that's really it. <laughs> like it's just yeah, a straight no, nothing sword. super cool about it. Just, yeah, ugh. and don't do like I did and p- try to play magic for your first time because I'm usually like a sorcerer in these games. Like I kind of like that. That I like all that magic stuff and I like being you know kind of Dark Souls um, Three took sorceries and just took a huge shit. On oh my it. god, they're trash. I, There's I, so much trash. It is the worst dude i literally i couldn't beat it i probably could i didn't want to it wasn't worth the tedious bullshit effort that you have to put into it well once you realize what they did to sorceries once you realize that like oh my you know all of my pyromancies also scale from intelligence i was like okay now i'm a pyromancer man (laughs) like now i'm just burning everything to the ground way better but yeah that's not what i wanted to be Mm -hmm. like i wanted to be cool magic wizard dude and that that didn't happen so um yeah I was super disappointed because I made my guy literally look like Jesus. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, and I was just going to call myself um, the undead lord and savior, and so I, I just wanted to like load in with the, um, the sun bro opening, which was like, ha! Ah! <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be so cool. It was going to be a faith build, too, but um, no, it didn't work out because it turns out it sucks, but yeah, that's, that's I had high hopes. High hopes for undead Jesus. <laughs> Your undead Lord and Savior. <laughs> exactly. That's Sorry, so what were you going to say? I was, I was just going to, uh, let's get into some Bloodborne, because I, I think I remember you yes, saying that that's absolutely. pretty much your, your favorite one, right? Or is, is Dark Souls 1 your favorite one? Dark Souls 1 is my favorite. Okay. Bloodborne is definitely my second, though. I, I knew it was pretty up there. So uh, did you play mm-hmm. Bloodborne fresh, or was there, or did you kind of come into that afterwards as well? Um, I did not go into it totally fresh. I knew a lot of things about it, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Gameplay-wise, I did not. But lore-wise, I pretty much knew everything, which is very disappointing to me. Because that, that is another thing I like, is figuring it out as you go along and having those questions spring up as you adventure through. And then you can look it up at the end, and you're like, oh, it all makes sense. Didn't get that with Bloodborne. But um, you know, that wasn't necessarily the game as well. That's just my friends told me everything. And um, Shoot, sorry. My brain just like, That's okay. Out. What, uh, so... 
if going in, like it's obviously dramatically different from any of the other Souls games before it. So, uh, mm-hmm. like, did you take have some time to adjust? Like, was it kind of a like because it's just so much faster and like you, it expects you to be yeah. so much more aggressive? Like, did you adapt to that pretty easily, or was it was it a challenge? Oh, not at all. Bloodborne <laughs> taught me to get good, really, truly, one hundred percent. Because um, in Dark Souls one, at least until New Game Plus two. You could play like a pussy. You could have full armor, full shield, you know, like whatever, it'll just block it. There's no shield. Well, there is a shield in Bloodborne, and it laughs at you for trying to use it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really had to, I had to change my style because I was a very defensive player. And if anything, my skill, like with these games, skyrocketed once I got good at Bloodborne because it taught me both ends of the spectrum of like mm. hyper aggression and hyper defense. And I actually prefer hyperaggression now. Like even going through Dark Souls One, I just I don't even use shields anymore because I'm just so used to like just dodge the attack and counterattack. It's it's more fun that way, if, if anything. Yeah, heavy armor looks good, but I, I hardly ever equip it. And like shields might as well just be garbage for me. Like I'd never ever use shields anymore. I'm like, I, well, yeah, I have a shield, but I can have a second weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Good attitude with it. But uh, the first area is really really merciless, and I, I like that. I really like that about it. Um, again, you go in, like, the first real area, not the intro shit where you come out of the, uh, the clinic or whatever. It's like, you're at the first lamp of Yarnum, and you're like, okay, let's just go. <laughs> you just get shot on from every corner, because, like, the enemies aren't hard. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And you go down, and then, you like, as you're exploring, you see the giant guy with the axe. I don't know about you, but I was like, I'm not fucking with that. I just immediately <laughs> turned around, and I'm glad I did it, because Steph did, and she exploded. It was awesome. <laughs> anyway. Um, I was I was lucky enough that I went right past him and, and discovered that little shortcut, and so I was like, oh, there's a lamp right here, so I can just, I'm definitely going to try to fight this guy, and then immediately got killed. Like, did not go last for <laughs> two seconds at all. I was trying yeah, to parry him, like, amazing. I was just... Just shooting him constantly, trying to figure out where to how to parry in this stupid game. Like, he just died over and over again to that dude. Yeah. Parrying was awesome in Bloodborne. I will give it that. It's definitely my favorite iteration of parrying in all the games. It felt a lot easier to me. Yeah, once, um, you, get the, once you get the timing down. It's kind of frustrating that, like, some standard looking attacks that enemies have aren't parryable but like once you get once you kind of figure the parrying system out it goes really really easy like most mm-hmm. enemies are pretty just you just parry them and hit to get the visceral attack and then they're dead like that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah i think we brought this up in episode 69 i don't remember it was uh the lady maria fight of if you parry her to death it didn't feel good mm-hmm if that makes any sense, I won't cover it too much because we already covered it in the other episode. But uh, I actually avoid parrying her as much as I can in that fight because I want to experience it like an actual fight. God, it's an, it's an amazing fight. It really is just like with other stuff, it almost feels like you're fighting a monster, you know? We're just like, okay, I'm just going to side strafe him and hit him in this leg, blah, 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 because they're so much bigger than me or they're so like mutated. Lady Maria is just a person, you know? So it really felt like a sword duel, and it felt awesome when you finally kill her, because you're like, I am victorious, I won the duel, <laughs> instead of just like, I circle-straped him to death. <laughs> yeah, it, um, that's one of my favorite aspects of Bloodborne, is um, even before the DLC came out, like, German was probably, I, I put German up there as the best end Souls boss ever, oh, because a lot of times, absolutely. like, the last Souls boss, the last boss in a Souls game isn't that great. Like, I, I absolutely despise Soul of Cinder. Like, absolutely. Um, and then Gwen is interesting from a lore perspective, and it's very poignant. But, like, it doesn't... It's not particularly challenging, especially if you know how to parry. It's very challenging if oh, you yeah. don't. And then Easy. The whole Nishandra fight, I think, was is very, very weird, unless you've done all the DLC stuff. So, mm-hmm. But, like, man, Gurman is just... It's like a one-on-one... He, he's kind of cheap and a little bit in the second phase, but even that's, you can overcome that and that feels really, really good. And then they did Lady Maria, which is to me even better than the German fight. And then the yes. Orphan of Cause fight is like the combination of like these crazy monsters screaming at you the entire time, but also like him taking the, the, the shape and the form of the first person that he ever saw, like, you know, as, as a hunter and like attacking you and a hunter and a, with a hunter's abilities is just fascinating and just so amazing to mm-hmm. me. Like those three fights are some of the best moments in souls games, like across all of them. Absolutely. Dar- uh, Bloodborne did an amazing job of making each fight feel unique to me rather than just circle strafe, circle strafe, circle strafe. Yeah. Uh, I'll admit you still can't do that a lot in the, in Bloodborne, but, um, 
a lot of it really was more like a jewel because again you don't have your you don't have a shield so circle shaking will sometimes get your ass kicked because they do like the back swip, swipe attack mm-hmm. and uh the one thing i did like about dark souls 3 is that they did incorporate that with the knights in the very beginning oh yeah because um, <laughs> you'd be like oh i'm gonna circle strafe him and he just bonk like hits you straight in the face oh my god you're like all right not gonna do that again you know immediately but, um, you know immediately what you're up against when you fight those dudes and like you're trying to get like oh i'm gonna just go be do the dark souls thing and try to get the <laughs> you just get nailed <laughs> not so happening great. not with this game <laughs> I do think that was awesome because it really forced you to get good. This isn't going to be the uh, Orlando Knights where it's just circle, 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 circle. <laughs> nope, not, not this time. Um, oh, we're talking about Bloodborne. Uh, the Orphan of Cost fight. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh my god! It is the best ending to a DLC I have felt in uh, across many games, not just the Soulsborne games. Because like, you kind of have a vague idea of knowing what he is because like oh i've heard about you as i've been adventuring through here and it was such a trial to get there the dlc was hard it was very hard like i know people have had a great time with it i got my ass handed to me every inch of the way but um i don't know maybe i was trying to be too aggressive like with the squid face outside the church he killed me so much oh my god i still don't know how to fight him but, um, that's a great I moment too. Of once you get into the church and you're like, "Yeah, that's definitely a boss," and like, you're mm-hmm. doing you're doing that thing on that Souls game. Like you don't have a shield to hold up, but like in the typically, you like hold up a shield and just inch forward and like ready for him to spring up, and he never does. Like it's such a super tense moment, and you get all the way up to him and he yeah. like, twitches his arm. And you're like, "Ah, oh, okay, <laughs> everything's cool." <laughs> God, it's awesome. And but, from a Blood universal so standpoint, from a universal standpoint. I love both the aesthetics of Dark Souls and Bloodborne. I do like Dark Souls more. I really love medieval stuff. I love knights. I love the magic of it. But Bloodborne did an amazing job of keeping the theme of just, like, dark Victorian... uh, Who's the guy it was based off of? Um, Uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Lovecraftian monster bullshit. It Mm -hmm. is amazing. And my favorite area by far is, uh, as I completely blank on its name... Wow, way to go, Grace. (laughs) Uh, It's where you fight... Um, all the screaming headless ladies in the giant library. Oh, Canehurst. Yeah, absolutely. Canehurst, yes! Because it was oh kind of the cross-section of that old fantasy. Like, you're exploring this old castle. Yeah. Yeah. Super oh, also, vampires. Also, vampires. Can't give me yeah. enough of those. <laughs> and giant ticks for no reason. So, yeah, welcome to that. Uh, oh, they're so gross. Oh, this yeah, they're crazy. super gross. Especially, like, the really, really fat one that's kind of over there by himself a little bit. Ugh. What's up yeah, with you, like, giant tick? He's crawling towards you. <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't like you. That area was gorgeous, though. Like, getting to it was cool. It was a little unique twist of how to get there. It wasn't just, oh, you walk through the gate. Oh, God, everything links back to me talking mad shit on Dark Souls 2. But um, I just, the areas felt repetitive. I do I do like how Dark Souls 2 was colorful. Like, I felt a lot of the different areas had, like, very cool color schemes to it, whereas Dark Souls 3 was just, like, dark gray. Dark gray and sometimes a little orange. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Like, ugh, Dark Souls 3 was not... It was a pretty game from a graphical standpoint, but past the first area of Lothric, like, oh, it's gorgeous, look at that castle in the distance, this is super cool, and then it's just nothing past that. I don't know, again, this is just, this is my stance on it, I was not very satisfied with the variety of yeah. areas in Dark Souls 3. Well, like, and, um, and it, I think the, the, the main issue is that they were retreading a lot of stuff that they'd already done before, like, we had our swamp, and we had mm-hmm. our, like... Irithyll is beautiful. Like when you first see Irithyll, like that's a gorgeous horizon. And when you get into it, you re- you're like, oh yeah, this is our this is our snow world, just like Dark Souls one had, just like Dark Souls two had. Like this is yeah. our swamp, just like Dark Souls one had, just like Dark Souls two had. Like it seemed to be retreading. And like the whole game, the game's whole theme is about you know all of these places getting smashed together and retreading the same areas real close to one another. But that still yeah. kind of sucks. Like um, we I talk a lot about. Um, the X-Men on a different podcast. And there's a couple mm-hmm. of times where in the cartoon, like the characters seem to be making fun of themselves and it's <laughs> funny, but it's also like, if you're writing 
if you're writing a story where the characters are making fun of the fiction, then I think that you've kind of failed. Like if you're yeah. making fun of yourself in the thing, like you control it. You're the writer. <laughs> like it's not like this mm-hmm. is something external to you. Just make it better. So you don't have to make fun of it. I don't know. Like that, that meta kind of stuff just doesn't, a lot of it fails for me. And especially like dark souls, I don't think does it very well at all. Like this whole DLC thing. It's just, uh, it's too fresh. I probably shouldn't talk about I it. I have not tried the DLC yet and I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, I hope I hope you like boss hard enemies and bosses. So. No, I like beatable balls hard enemies. Yeah, it's, or there's always a way. And I'm not I'm not much of a challenge guy. Like I know there's been uh, friends of mine on Twitter that have been on the show before that uh, really really like the DLC and uh, like one of like uh, this guy strenuous orb on Twitter. He's do he just finished all of the bosses on Soul Level One. I could barely beat any of them by myself at you know Soul Level One Hundred Forty. So like people really really enjoy that stuff and they seem to get a lot out of it. But like for me, that's not really why I come to the Souls games. I shouldn't complain about yeah. this. This is an episode about you, not me. People already know my no, dude, it's opinions. legit because I, I have the same opinion on that actually. Because uh, while I totally have a lot of respect for people who do like the, the challenge, the really true hard challenge, I just like the experience. I like the universe. I want to put myself there. I don't typically go past New Game Plus 2 or 3, because mm-hmm. at that point, like, okay, I've got what I wanted, I, I kind of expunge this universe as much as I can, I don't want to go any farther. Um, this is kind of unrelated, I apologize. The one mm-hmm. thing that, the one boss I didn't like of Dark Souls 1 was Bed of Chaos. Yeah. Holy fuck. The, pu- the puzzle The bonfire <laughs> was, like, a solid, I count, I timed it, actually, it was 1 minute and 48 seconds away. If you're sprinting, like, beelining as fast as you can it's one minute and 48 seconds every single time you die and there's no fighting in that it felt like a very a very boring fight and the opening of it was fucking awesome like you go in and like she lights on fire she's huge and you're like what is going on this is amazing and then she like swats you and you fall and you're like oh that sucks i'll just avoid that and you realize the entire fight is you roll three times total break through branches and hit it once like it was very anticlimactic they could have made that an amazing fight and they didn't that was my, that's my one biggest regret because again from a lore point of view better chaos is and it's huge huge oh, to the lore it's essential like like d- describing how like what they did with the lord soul and what 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 effect it had on those sisters and like you see what three or four of the sisters in the game and they've all have their own little plot arcs and stories. Like that's especially with night Kirk, like that invades you constantly. Like that's, that's yeah. all really, really great storytelling. And man, I love it. Like it's, it's a shame that the boss fight sucks. Like they, they, I think they finally got their, they finally figure out how to do puzzle bosses by dark Souls three. Like you mentioned the Yorm boss fight, which is a good example yeah. of like how to do a puzzle fight. Like, Oh, Hey, like there's a clue. Like now I do this thing and I can hurt him more, but like mm-hmm. better chaos. I, I vaguely remember having to look that up. Like I just did not understand. Once I once I did the right and the left, I was like, okay, I guess I got to go in the middle. the middle. But like I just never could get to a point where I thought I could. I did. I looked at the branches and was like, I can't drop down on those. Like those don't look real. <laughs> yeah, so. and they're not. So good intuition. <laughs> it's just rolling. It's just rolling. And when I finally beat her, I didn't feel accomplished. It was more of the, oh, thank God that shit's over. Like, you know, it's a very different feeling yeah. of like, oh, it's over rather than, oh, I did it. It's over. Instead, of you're like, oh, thank God. I don't have to do that stupid shit again. But um, <laughs> So real quick on Bloodborne, I have a question that I like to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Chalice Dungeons, yes or no? Not my thing. Not I think thing. Good, totally good start, good mm-hmm. ideas, bad execution. They're all same textures, like, for the most part. It was very copy-paste. The The bosses were unique, but not particularly hard. Mm-hmm. And so the big ending of, like, oh, you beat the Chalice Dungeon, and you kill him in, like, what, a minute? <laughs> and you're like, all right, on to the next one. Like, I don't know. I, I wasn't... Then again, I didn't get very far in them. Maybe they get better as you go along. I just got bored so fast, I didn't continue. Do they get cooler as you go along? Well, it's... <sighs> It's hard. I'm a Chalice Dungeon defender. Like I, I, I like them a lot, but I'm very aware okay. of, of the problems that they have. Like the the level design never gets better in the story chalices. Like period. Mm-hmm. The the textures, like the the actual environments, change up a little bit. Um, like the Lauren okay. chalices are very like deserty, and like you go through like Ooh, long cool. wooden bridges over canyons with you know werewolves chasing you and all that. Um, there's mm-hmm. a the 
ill chalices, I think that's what they call them, or ithyl chalices. Uh, there are like I think all ithyl, of them, yeah, yeah, are all the ones that are like, um, I always say space based, but they're the ones with the little alien creatures. So it's like all blue and green and uh, like stuff. Oh, that's around cool. Like those are neat. Um, but then they like by the end of it, like they've got the difficulty cranked up so high. Like when you get into a defiled chalice, um, you get like a defiled version of uh, amygdala, amygdala, or whatever you want to call her. Uh, the that that giant arm creature, and oh you have, yeah, I say amygdala. I've heard amygdala. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, it's 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 weird. Uh, yeah, come at me, internet, from pronouncing something wrong on a podcast. Like I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah seriously. <laughs> um, but like you, you have half your health. Uh, it has like five times its normal health, and um, you would think like, oh, I have half my health, so like one blood thing can just fill my health up when when blood vial. But no, your blood vials are also like fifty percent less effective. So what? it's bas- it's a one shot one kill situation, and if you aren't extremely careful, like you can you can spend ten minutes fighting that dude and like die. Uh, I have a video oh my on my YouTube channel of me fighting her for like ten minutes and just messing up at the end and not not getting it. <laughs> oh, Happy. that's awful. Yeah, that's the worst. But it, but also like so they have those problems, but also like infinite souls is still fun and Bloodborne's mechanics are so fun that I've I've often like I've done that fight probably twenty times like with other people nice. by myself like it's fun but it's it's definitely not for everybody but it's a question I like to bring up because I'm mm-hmm. I'm the internet soul chalice dungeon defender a lot of times so. yeah that's cool I do like how Bloodborne is very farm friendly um like again with all the moon runes and I know they have the uh what's called covetous serpent serpent ring I believe it's called the one mm-hmm. that gives you more souls in the other games yeah and uh, our equivalent of that is the moon rune and you can get which sounds funny to say, but um, in that spells rune. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And you can go to the uh, the school area and just farm those guys forever. You don't even have to. That's the most effective method. Or you could do chalice dungeons. And I think a reason they make it so farm friendly is because it's not like the Estus thing where you sit at a bonfire and it recharges. You know, it goes back up to twenty or whatever. Here, your stuff is limited, so. If you're not, if you're new to the game and you're dying a lot and you're healing a lot, you're going to run out of blood vials pretty fast and they don't recharge when you rest. So you have to kind of farm them either by killing enemies or by buying them with souls at the uh, little doodad. Mm. I'm blanking on terms today. The messenger shop. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's interesting. So even though it is harder because your quote unquote Estus equivalent doesn't recharge, Mm-hmm. It still gives you an alternative to yeah. uh, just farm stuff up and buy it, so you're not totally screwed, you know. I know people that are extremely adverse to farming in these games, like period. Like that's the, mm-hmm. they're, they're very adamant about that's not what they come to these games for. And I mean, it, it was a problem in Bloodborne when it first launched because you could only hold like 99. But once they upgraded that to like 600 or whatever, I, I never really had a problem. I would just go level up, buy a bunch of blood vials. They would all go into my like inventory or whatever, and I just never really thought about it. So yeah, for real. It only happened once when I really, truly ran out of blood vials, and I was like, fuck! <laughs> it was when I was in, um, oh, I don't remember the exact area. It's above the church. Upper cathedral? The, the upper cathedral, I believe so. I mm-hmm. believe that's it. It's where, were, um... Were you fighting a Breedus? Yes, that area too. Actually, I think it's the wrong area, but definitely that one too. That was hard. Oh, Breedus. That was such a hard fight. I was not, I'm still not good at that fight. But Abridus, it's an amazing fight. Abridus is the one that I literally save scum through, so I didn't have to grind blood vials because I died to her <laughs> hundreds of times. And I would just like yeah, she's run through all my blood vials and then download my save from the PSN the cloud. And so I would have hundreds of my blood vials again and then just run them all out, download my save, run them all out over and over and over again until I finally killed her. Fuck that fight. That's so legit. Much. Hey, man, whatever works. I do not look down <laughs> on you for that. I guess from a lore standpoint, I know this is not defending the gameplay, but from a lore standpoint, she's a little salty at humans for what they've done to her. Oh, yeah. She has every every right to be very angry at everybody that comes into that place. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) She does not have it easy. I thought that was a very interesting twist, because when I went into Bloodborne, I didn't expect... The last thing I expected was aliens. Like, really, truly, that was not what I expected. But they incorporated it very well. It wasn't like little green men you know it was like these mutated creepy bulbous creatures that's like very lovecraftian like you said and it actually fit in the universe i think they did a very good job of that the way that they feel out of place they built it up too like you find those right before you face you find those in the forest and then like Mm -hmm. right after the forest you see those weird um i call them cronenbergs because i watch a lot of rick and morty but the weird uh fly (laughs) fly, fly creatures 
Uh-huh. And you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't like I was expecting vampires and werewolves and like Frankenstein's like yeah. what, are, what are these weird eye creatures? And then you see Rom and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And you kill Rom and shit just goes berserk, like literally just yeah. fucking crazy. It's one of my favorite moments of gaming ever is killing Rom and seeing like the moon and like that image just is like emblazoned in my mind because it, it, yeah, it, and you fall to your knees and you hear the baby crying and you're. Just- what the fuck is what going the fuck on? is happening in this game? Like I immediately like saved it and like called my wife and it was like you have to come watch this. You have to come yeah, tell me what you right? think is happening. Oh it was very cinematic that entire yes. game. Well, and, um, um, as a, as a fan of of the Souls games, and uh, since From Software has been pretty adamant about like, hey, this is the last Dark Souls game. Um, I don't like. Where would you want to see these guys go? Like they've announced an Armored Core game, and then they've got kind of two unannounced projects that they're working on. Where, what do you want to see out of From Software next? That's a very tough question because, like, I, I'm just so used to the Souls games. I definitely don't want them to give up on the challenge factor because I think, from a story point of view, no matter what story they churn out, if they keep doing what they're doing, it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, then again, I wasn't happy with Dark Souls Three lore, but you know, I know they have it. In them. <laughs> I know they can do it. And I think that was because they tried to make Dark Souls Three such an Easter egg game. But uh, anyway, sorry, man, I'm going back to the games. <laughs> um, it always comes back. I guess I, I, want the, I want the story to be good. Gameplay-wise, I'm sure they're not going to recycle the same engine like they did with Bloodborne and Dark Souls, where it's not going to be the same thing. Definitely going to be different, because otherwise it's just another Souls game, but covered up with a duct tape over the name and say, not Souls game, but it is. Um, I, I have no idea what they're going to do next, but again, I want the story to be good. I want the environments to be as diverse as they have done in the first two games. And, because they're really good at that. And I hope they keep the um, the character arcs. Because I'm sure no matter what type of game they do, they can still have character storylines and give them depth and give them different paths you can do to determine the end. Because mm-hmm. that was something I, I've always loved about the Souls games. The character storylines are very fickle. Like, you do one thing and then everyone's dead and you don't know why. But um, but I almost like them, them because of that. Like, it makes it so much more interesting to go through and, like, try to manage that to get all of the good, like, the quote-unquote good outcomes for the characters. Yeah, the best outcomes you can. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not creative enough with game design. I have no idea what's coming next, but I really hope they keep the aspects that have made me fall in love with these games so much. Just yeah. storyline, environments, characters. They're good at that. Well, Grace, thank you so much for spending the time with me today. I really appreciate it. And uh, just yeah, a, a belated apology for canceling on you earlier. Oh, dude, it's totally fine. <laughs> so we sorry about happen. that. We're here. <laughs> but thank you again for, for coming in. Can you tell people where, to, where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do have a Tumblr. It's not very active. It's just I have blog pictures and stuff. But it's uh, noxluminos.tumblr.com. And I'll, put, I'll type the link for you for him to put that in. If you really want to see me be active, my Twitter is also Nox Luminos, but with a little uh, underscore between Nox and Luminos. And that's where you'll find me actually say things and be active instead of just pictures. And um, I can, so I can recommend that Twitter. It's a profile. So definitely go check that out. Oh, yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. I'll send you that link as well, just in case. Cool. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me at JG Greer on Twitter. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com which has links to all of the various social media including Instagram where I post weekly clips of the show so you know what you're getting into before you listen to an episode thank you everybody for listening it means a whole lot if you can leave me an iTunes review it makes me feel better about myself and I have incredibly low self esteem so that could help and also also it helps the podcast grow and like get new listeners and things so definitely go leave an iTunes review or comment or whatever or not just tell or tell your Dark Souls friends about it that would also be very cool Whatever you can do is very much appreciated. And remember, don't give up, Skeleton. You are a pro at that. <laughs> I you guess. are a pro. After, uh, can you leave an iTunes review if you want me to? Sure, yeah, if you want to. I always ask. It doesn't, I mean, like, I, you don't don't feel obligated to, but yeah, I always ask. So. No, I totally understand. But, like, it would just make you feel so much better because you put a lot of work into this. And so to see even one review of, like, I like it, it doesn't have to be super in depth. But just to see that response, like, yes! Yeah, yeah. Or at least to me, that's how it feels. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Like, just having that one, like, just having people be like, oh, yeah, like, you've spent some time on this and it was worthwhile. Like, you're not just shouting into the void that is the internet all the time. Exactly. It's easy to be.